Welcome to another book review. Today I have for you Ernst Jünger's Storm of Steel. This is written by a German during World War One, who was an inf infantryman, and it tells of his story, his direct experiences during the war. If you compare this to another book, such as Eric Maria Remarque's um, All Quiet on the Western Front, you can see the the vast differences between what it is to use a your own notes and diary notes and personal account versus using an alter ego or a different character to tell a story. In this book, uh, it's it sort of goes through his whole experiences during the war, but the chapters are basically named by location. Many of these being famous names we'd all somewhat recognize, such as, uh, such as the Battle of the Somme, Flanders, and Cambrai. Ernst Jonger was born to be a soldier. This guy is a, <laughs> a character for sure. He joined the French Foreign Legion when he was 18. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the French Foreign Legion is actually a a part of the French military where they accept foreigners to come fight for France. Um, and it's basically, you know, there's no real good reason to do that unless you are, you know, half French or born somewhere else, unless you're just a soldier who wants to fight. And that's what Ernst Junger has and was and has and probably always would have been uh, during his life, a soldier. He then, so he was born in 1895. So then he sort of came back to Germany during the World War One period, starting in 1914, I think. And he joined the army there and, and then he was fighting in the trenches. He rose to a lieutenant and during the war, he was hurt 14, 14 times, I believe, seven of those being very badly. Uh, at the end, he got shot through the chest and sort of recovered from that, God knows how, uh, and continued to live a very long life until the age of 103, I believe, which was, uh, he died in 1998, I believe. He was the youngest and therefore the oldest, well, well not therefore, but he was the youngest receiver of the Pour le Merite, or pronouncing that terribly, but it was basically Germany's highest military honour. Uh, this was awarded roughly 700 times during the war and mostly to senior ranking officials, but a couple of times as well to the the lower level uh, infantrymen, basically for doing insane things, proving yourself in the in the course of battle and uh, and showing that you are committed to the cause, that you are like worthy of the greatest honors. So he was the oldest living recipient of this until he he died in 1998. There's a little bit of controversy regarding him. I personally don't see it. Uh, the The book itself, I guess, is somewhat glorifying of war if you compare it to many other books. Uh, but even when it was released in 1920, it actually sort of had a, a controversy in the other sense, which was he does talk about his fears and the the fear of the soldier during like his experiences, which in 1920 was considered you know, a little bit risky, a little bit, or, you know, you're not, as a man, you're not meant to, to show these sorts of things. So nowadays it's, it's considered in a different light, but even back when it was first published, it was sort of seen the reverse. It was a bit too soft. It was a bit not glorifying war enough. And I wouldn't even say he really glorifies war. It's more just his personal account of what he experienced during the war. So that, that sort of controversy aspect of it, I, I find a little bit ridiculous, but whatever people can do what they want do and say what they want so some of the themes of the book the excitement of the fight and for him this is both the good and the bad so he was excited during the the rushes where 
he would you know charge and there'd be shellings but also the vice versa where he is getting attacked he's having to defend his life the patrols the sneak attacks whatever it was the death the steel the the rotting corpses everything about war excited him and i think he enjoyed excitement so i would say yeah it's it's an interesting aspect of of war that some people really enjoy it and you can see this in um there's a movie as well i can't remember what it's called um a very famous american one whatever uh some of the quotes from this book and i'll, I'll read a couple here just just to uh, give you an aspect of of what his personality was like and and how he thought about things and and wrote so this is just one of the interesting things i found to quote during one stop on the way, a driver split his thumb in the course of crank starting his lorry. The sight of the wound almost made me ill. I have always been sensitive to such things. I mention this because it seems virtually unaccountable as I witnessed such terrible mutilation in the course of the following days. It's an example of the way in which one's response to an experience is actually largely determined by its context. This is really interesting. So he's talking about how even though he was going through these terrible periods, these crazy, you know, disgusting things that he was seeing in the context of war it was okay he could handle it but then in the non-context of war when he was just traveling between sites he sees someone split open their thumb and he gets sickened by it and can't stand it so this is one of those things where i, I suppose it's like you've got to understand during war you're going to do things and have to do things which are messed up taking people's lives and whatnot which it does make you a killer but then in the non-context of war and civilian peacetime, I don't think it's fair to really point at someone and say, oh, you're a killer, you murdered people, and view it in that same light. So he, he sort of expresses that here, and I, th I think that's a, a fairly poignant uh, thing to, to talk about. There's one, a, another a little chapter that I enjoyed, or I suppose really shows what Ernst Junger is, is capable of, of writing, because he does have some very beautiful writing. And uh, yeah, to quote... In the evenings, I took a stick out of the corner and strolled along narrow footpaths that went winding through the hilly landscape. The ne neglected fields were full of flowers and the smell grew headier and wilder by the day. Occasional trees stood beside the paths under which a farm worker might have taken his ease in peacetime, bearing white or pink or, or deep red blossoms, magical apparitions in the solitude. Nature seemed to be pleasantly intact, and yet the war had given it a suggestion of heroism and melancholy. Its almost excessive blooming was even more radiant and narcotic than usual. It's easier to go into battle against such a setting than in a cold, wintry scene. The simple soul is convinced here that his life is deeply embedded in nature and that his death is no end. Yeah, poignant stuff. He's, he, he writes heavy things. There's other memorable quotes in this book where he's talking of, of, of how he was digging in the trenches and he was coming across people who had been buried in 1914 and he was so, sort of creating his own trench by digging through their graveyards and, and remarking on how, how the, the earth had already tasted blood in this area. Deep stuff, deep and heavy stuff. One of, one of the other quotes in this is not written in this book but is just of Ernst Jünger in, in general and I think speaks to his character and, and what he was about. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger and what kills me makes me incredibly strong. <laughs> what kind of madman would write something like that or, or have expressed that sentiment? Uh, 
yeah, he's uh, a <laughs> he's a, he's definitely a a person who is um, very intense and very, I guess, eager for life in in the sense that he he lives it to the fullest. One of the other things in this book, in particular, are the tricks and turns of fate, and the perception of this seems to be ha- enhanced during extremes. He has very, very uh, many scenes in the book where he talks about how he was sitting somewhere and someone pulls him down and then a sniper bullet will graze over his head, touch his hair. He, the amount of times he got shrapnel whizzing past, touching his, his, going through his helmet but just barely scraping his scalp or how the person next to him, a bomb would explain, uh, explode right in front of them. The person next to him would be riddled with shrapnel and he's just there standing fine. This happened a couple of times. One in particular, very memorable moment where he's taking his whole per, per troop, platoon, and they're just waiting for this offensive and a shell comes right in, lands in the middle of them. And I guess like half of the 40 or 50 guys that he has are killed or wounded. And yeah, it's just like, oh, he survives and the dude next to him and the dude on either side of him is is killed. So it's just... The tricks and turns of fate are, are really amplified during war. We might not see this as much in our normal lives, but it's still there. The decisions that we make, the small ones, they, they can have big impacts. But in war, you can definitely see the, the real contrast between life and death. Some of my own observations from the book. Nowadays, I think you'd describe him as an adrenaline junkie. He definitely there's a palpable sense of anticipation and fear, but it's also exciting, stimulating, and, and he's passionate about what he's doing while fighting. The narration style, and, and I guess his use of words really expresses this, where he's more focusing on the events and not so his reactions to them, but not so much the people or the, or the, the characters in the book. There's only a couple of instances where he really shows his own... Well, he talks about his fear, but he doesn't show what the other characters are feeling, what um, I guess like the general sense or the general mood is. It's a very introspective on himself. And he is a person who, yeah, loves adrenaline and he'll get his kicks from that, from war. But I think if he was, you know, born nowadays and didn't have a war to fight in, he would be one of those dudes base jumping, skydiving, doing all those crazy things. As I just mentioned, the focus on the is on the actions and events, not the people. And if you contrast that to um, All Quiet on the Western Front, it's a very, very different novel in the sense that he's care- he cares about the events. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is about the people and their reactions to it. With these two books as well, and I have both of them here with me, the it's the same events but different opinions. So in uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, he is, he's very scathing of, I guess, the of the atmosphere of what war is and what it was portrayed to be, whereas Ernst Junger is definitely the, the typical what you would imagine soldier, like the fearless, not fearless, but courageous soldier. He feels fear but still does it anyway, whereas um, Remarque is basically pointing out that, look, you can do that, but it's still senseless in the end, the, the amount of blood blood uh, violence and wiping out of a generation is I guess just a tragedy in, in its own way that being said both of these books are similar in some ways in that both are apolitical they don't really talk about the 
the ethics of, of why war is happening, why it should be fought, why it shouldn't be fought. Uh, both of them just say, this is my personal experience during the war. And, you know, that's, that's how it is. Neither is right or wrong either. Both, I think, I think that should be mentioned. Like the, neither of these books is, you can say, yep, that's exactly what war is. No, both of them are right. And you, that's just one of the, the things in life that you have to understand that a thing can be two things. It, it isn't just one thing sometimes. And it's how your perceptions of it shape it. And so I would say that's probably largely determined by personality because the events that they both went through, I would say sound roughly the same, but obviously one came from it with a, a sense of, uh, I guess, this is making me stronger. And the other was like, this is just senseless. Why are we doing this? One thing I think as well, just to observe about Unstronger in, in general in his life is that you can't define someone by just one thing. And if you read this book and said, okay, he's a, he's a war junkie, he glorifies war, that really doesn't take into account all the other things he did in his life. He was one of the first people to try out LSD and he was very uh, passionate, I suppose, in, in talking about that and the experience, the internal experiences of psychedelics. He, um, during World War II, he somewhat helped Jews and uh, when he was positioned in France as like a, I think he was a communications officer or something like that. He wrote 50 books. He had uh, two children. One of them uh, died during World War II when he was captured and then later either killed or died um, in the course of being a prisoner of war, I believe. And the other were committed suicide later. So this per he had a large, varied, rich life. And I would say it's very, very unfair if you're going to pick on him and say this is exactly what he was or who he is because he wrote this one book which has some aspects of glorifying war, you know, and that's not even, I wouldn't even say that is what is you should take away from this book. But yeah, some of the things I read online while researching this was, uh, yeah, and not, not too kind on him. And I, I felt that was uh, rather unfair. So in, in summary, it's a tale of war as real as it gets. He was in this war for a long time, multiple years, I believe, on the front fighting. And he was a courageous amazing person and if you can't take that away from this book I, I think you you shouldn't be reading it in uh it, because it's it's just like the way he acts and who he is as a person is really encapsulated in this book and there's definitely something admirable of his attitude and just the type of person that he he was for me the book i, I would say i just found a little bit repetitive in some parts he talks about very similar experiences of, of fighting and the shelling and you get a feel for it rather quick. I, I felt like I probably could have read about two thirds of it and the last third, you know, wouldn't have added that much to it, but you know, it's still a great book and you might as well read it all the way through. Uh, and I did, though I would say it's not all about glorifying war. I personally would have said it, it probably feels a bit too much for me. It feels a bit much too much excitement, too much enjoyment from that. And I couldn't really place myself in his character's head. Uh, whereas with All Quiet on the Western Front, I, I definitely could understand that character a little bit more. Both were interesting. Both talked about different aspects of the war. And, you know, I, I think this is one of the things that should be taken away as well is that war is not just one thing. It's, it's multiple different things and it's how you perceive it and how you choose to perceive it as well.
So all in all, give me a six and a half out of 10, mostly just because that was like my rating system is based mostly on what I took from the book, but also my enjoyment while reading it. And yeah, I'd just say like at some parts I found it a bit repetitive. So I was like, "Ah, whatever. My pragmatic observation or thing to take from uh, after reading this is it's good to read books in pairs of two, I think, or maybe even more. I think I've got like a lot more of a nuanced view of World War One, or at least the, the personal experience of that from reading these two books very closely and similar and um, in, in a similar amount of time and, and being able to contrast them. Whereas if I just read one, I would have come from it with just one perspective. And especially when these two books are, are pretty, pretty opposed diametrically in the sense of what the author is communicating and the message that comes out of it. So that's it for today. Ernst Junger's Storm of Steel. Hope you enjoyed.